Hey, all you nostalgic birthday boys. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise from Fox to the CW. One of us is a 9021 expert and the other is a 9021 novice. I'm Kendra Mickles and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. I'm Nick Gunning. I've seen them all and I'm currently maybe living through an apocalypse. Kendra, it's uh, it's rough here in, in Western New York yeah. uh, because of the Canadian wildfires. I had to leave my office today and come home because the smoke was just getting in so much and we are far away from this it's it's unreal yeah it's it's really really crazy i can't you just look outside and it's just like smoke everywhere like my voice is raspy from i i can't it's upsetting i mean this this kind of destruction is just like it's heartbreaking and i mean if this is what it's like here so far away i'm yeah can't imagine being any closer absolutely absolutely anyway sorry to bring us down Our show is brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include This and Dorian Life, previously on X-Men, and 90s Music Got Me Like. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Here We Go Pod. And please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts. Today we're discussing Beverly Hills 90210 Season 7, Episode 12, Judgment Day. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> doom, 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 doom. So you're over there inhaling smoke. I sure and am, I'm over Deborah. here just like fully sick again. I know. I know. I had like a week reprieve and now I'm just back to being sick. But you know what? I've donned my Totoro onesie yeah. because such is my commitment to this podcast. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up, but it is important for people to know that you are wearing a full Totoro bodysuit <laughs> flannel, I want to say. Maybe fleece. You know, I didn't wear this all winter. And then today I was like, what the heck am I doing? Today's the day. I have a onesie. Today is the day. All right, let's tune in to CUTV. This episode first aired on December 11th, 1996. Okay. Birthdays. December 11th, Haley Steinfeld of Spider-Verse and True Grit fame was born. How relevant. I just saw Spider-Verse this past weekend. I just saw Spider-Verse yesterday. Thoughts? I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was just as good as the first one. Oh, I see. I don't think it was as good as the first one, but only because it's not a contained story. Like the to be continued. Comes suddenly. Yes. And even with that to be continued, even going in knowing that, it feels like we don't get much of a climax in this movie. You know, so I was a little like. My husband's "Mm, complaint as well. Yeah, I think it makes it less rewatchable. You know what I mean? Like I would watch that first one right now, but this one I'm kind of like, well, I guess. When the whole thing comes through, sometimes if I want a four-hour movie, I'll watch it. I don't know. I'm just a grumpy old man. I've been inhaling smoke for days, Kendra. You are. You don't have to agree. So. Uh, December 6th. <laughs> Haley Steinfeld also in the... Hawkeye? Ha- the Hawkeye show. Yeah. I really and uh, Dickinson over on uh, Apple Plus. She plays Emily Dickinson, and, and it's, it's a show's right. great. Yeah. I haven't seen that. Yeah. Edge of 17 with her and Woody Harrelson. Bumblebee. We don't have to get into Bumblebee, but I usually I usually <laughs> enjoy Haley Steinfeld's performance in a thing. Yeah. December 16th, Daniel Cosgrove, who plays Matt in the later years, turned 26. One of these days, Kendra, you're going to be like, oh, Matt, of course. We'll get there. Movies. December 13th, we got three movies. Mm. First one is Jerry Maguire with Tom Show Cruise. Me Show me the money. Show me the money. I have actually seen Jerry Maguire. Good for and- you. It was what I thought it was going to be. It's a very funny story because it's one of the classic, my brother and I didn't know what we wanted to watch and we're the Uh. kind of people who will just spend an hour flipping through and not deciding. 
So Eric eventually gave up and went to bed. And one of the things he suggested was Edge of Tomorrow, which is great, yeah. but we yeah. hadn't seen it at the time. And we were like, no, we don't want to watch a Tom Cruise movie. And then we settled on Cherry Maguire. On the quintessential. <laughs> yeah. Was Top Gun busy at the moment? You had to watch Jerry Maguire. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Mars Attacks with Jack Nicholson and Michael J. Fox. And like literally everyone, every working actor in the 90s is in Mars Attacks. Get him in there. I can't. Pierce Brosnan. And I want to say Sarah Jessica Parker. Am I making that up? I haven't seen it. So I, I don't know. Tell you. All right. Well, I find the movie upsetting. It's fun and well done, but it's just too upsetting for me. I can't take it. Yeah, I've seen like, you know, clips of it and stuff. It's I'm just not interested. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. okay. The Preacher's Wife with Denzel Washington and Whitney Houston. I've certainly seen that. Power couple right there. Yeah. <laughs> not in real life, but like. It's sure, sure, sure. Movie. TV, December 13th, the animated series Earthworm Jim ended its two-season run. I definitely played the game, but I don't have, I have no nostalgia for Earthworm Jim. It was like big when I was that age, and I was the right age for it, but it never appealed to me for whatever reason. Hmm. December 14th, Saved by the Bell rival, California Dreams ended oh, their yeah. five-season run. Yeah. Uh, Denise who played the beloved Miss Teasley on oh. 90210 recurred as Vice Principal McBride. I guess she just brings that teacher vibe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. She just has it. I don't think I ever watched California Dreams. I was, of course, a huge Saved by the Bell fan. Saved by the Bell, the college years. Not so much the new class, though I have seen some of it. But growing up, my best friend Rochelle was a devoted California Dreams watcher. And I was like, it's just a ripoff Saved by the Bell. And she was like, no, it's not. They're totally different. So... <laughs> I don't know if that's true because I never watched it. Video games. December 14th, Mario Kart 64 was released on Nintendo 64. Great game. This was my first video game yeah. that I owned. I don't know. Uh, oh, I guess maybe I have to give it to Double Dash on uh, the GameCube. Maybe I love Double Dash. Mario Kart. I that's usually my go-to. Yeah, it's so good. Mm-hmm. December 17th, Mega Man 1 was released on PlayStation 1. Oh my gosh, 1. freaking impossible, those games, Kendra. Like, this is the first Mega Man? Well, no. I mean, it, that would have been, like, way, way earlier. I think this was the first... I was going like, to say. Yeah. The first generation of games to, like, to be on PlayStation 1. So I don't know if this was, like, a direct port of the old game, or I think they were, like, updated for PlayStation. I don't really know. But if Mega Man is in the title, it's a hard game. Yeah. I think you can just take that to the bank. Oh, you were supposed to jump slightly differently. <laughs> you and your son enjoy playing these games, though, don't you? Yes, we got the uh, we got the Mega Man like legacy collections, uh, one on Xbox and one on my PS4. And I worked through, I want to say the first four or five games, but it was something. I mean, it was really something. <laughs> All right, Nick, take us beyond the zip code. I mean, I couldn't resist. Speaking of Judgment Day... Brian Austin Green starred as Derek Reese, the uncle of John Connor in the series Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles from 2008 to 2009. Did you ever watch? Oh, I didn't realize he was in that. No, I didn't. Yeah. That's with, uh, is that the one with, what's her face from Game it's, of Thrones? Yeah, yeah it's Lena Headey or Headley and uh, Summer yeah. Glau. Summer Glau's yeah. the Terminator. And I want to say that Brian Austin Green was kind of like the heavy they brought in towards the end of the first season. Uh, but he was mm. great. Brian Austin Green is the brother of he plays the brother of Kyle Reese, who's like, you know, the father of John Connor. And, uh, and it was just good. It was a cool series. And I was sad that it ended because it didn't go very long. Just the two seasons. No. Yeah. All right. Let's look at our synopsis for Judgment Day. Not okay. the Terminator movie. 
right. the episode of 90210. Yeah. The trial is set. It's Professor Randall versus Brandon, with the panel deciding Brandon's academic fate. But Steve might just have a thing to prove Brandon's innocence. Meanwhile, Felice isn't thrilled with the David Donner reunion, and Mark hates surprise parties, and maybe Brandon. Maybe. He's not very subtle about it in this one, is he? Nick, who's living in Beverly Hills. Today's episode was directed by David Semmel, written by Phil Sabbath. Uh, Several returning players here, as usual. We have Dalton James as Mark Reese, Nicholas Pryor as Chancellor Arnold, Michael Durrell as John Martin, Catherine Cannon as Felice Martin, uh, I think it's been a good long while since we've seen Felice. I don't remember seeing her since the Rose Bowl stuff. I think that's correct. Because John, like Dr. Martin, was in several because of Joe's heart. Yes. Before Joe was like, marry me and we'll move to Beaver Falls. <laughs> so he's been around, but not Felice. But finally, we have her back. Uh, final appearance. And I'm kind of sad because I love a good villain. But it's the final appearance of Scott Pollard as Corey Randall. He is, you just want to punch him. You do. It's, he's so good at playing the villain. Well, he was, but back in the early days where it seemed like he was going to be like this confidant mentor for Brandon, he was really good at that too. So I think the transition of him into this like petty villain. And I love, I love the time away, you know, because we yeah. were all of season five, all of season six and most of season seven, I guess, or half of it before seeing him again. And, and he came back and did not disappoint. So hats off to you, yeah. Scott Paulin. <laughs> That's pretty much it. It was a it was a tight episode. Yeah. Let's get into Judgment Day. Okay. You seem like you feel great, Kendra. Am I reading that right? You're you're at the top of your game. I am. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I could run a marathon right now. I would love to see that. Not have any issues. Be great. <laughs> I want everyone to picture Kendra running full tilt in a full body Totoro onesie. I'm standing at the line with a cup of water. <laughs> she takes a drink. Yeah. Puts it over a Totoro hood. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Now I feel like I have to do it. I think you should. We start in the Chancellor's office, yeah. where if you'll if you'll recall in the last episode, he was like, "Oh, I don't get involved in <laughs> no. disciplinary matters." Yeah. And I'm like, "You seem pretty involved." Unless to I me, feel like Chancellor. it. Yeah. So basically, the situation is that Steve and Brandon are both in trouble charges have been brought against them both and they have to go through this process so if they plead guilty they don't have to do a trial chancellor arnold will just come up with a punishment for them fitting the crime right so steve is like yes i'm guilty yeah we all know i'm guilty so i plead guilty 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 as charged yeah no question there but brandon says that he cannot plead guilty to something he didn't do and let's let's do it. Yeah. We're going to trial. Yeah. For just Brandon. I mean, yeah, which is crazy. But like this would be awful to be on Brandon's record. Yeah. Like for him to have a guilty verdict on this, it would be like the kind of career he wants to go into. They're going to look at that and be like, oh, OK, so you're a plagiarist and a cheater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. It's it's yeah, a big deal. End. Yeah. So he and Steve leave the chancellor's office and Steve doesn't understand why he won't plead guilty, even though we just said it's it'd be a pretty big deal. It would be. And Steve's like, well, let me testify for you. But he says, no, I don't want you anywhere near this. Mm-hmm. And Steve says, but I'm your best friend. And he says, not, not anymore. Not anymore. Ooh. Their friendship is over forever. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had like a true close friend breakup situation. Have you ever gone through anything like that? Mm. 
I have. Okay. It's it's not fun. I mean, I've drifted away from yeah, well, friends. Sure. But to have like, but a, I this can is think it of a couple betwixt us. Oh, you have. Okay. Yeah, I have. It's not fun. <laughs> we'll save that for time. an off mic conversation. <laughs> All right. Donna and David are riding bikes in the park. And I guess they've been doing this for weeks. So I guess this is weeks <laughs> after yeah. the previous episode. Yeah. But they, you know, they're able to go farther on their bikes mm-hmm. now without getting tired. Yeah. So they're they're feeling pretty good. David's looking good. He's feeling good. I can't tell you how into the, the Valerie David rekindle I was and how like, oh, David and Donna, I feel now, you know, I'm just like, yeah. Oh, I wonder how this is going to play out, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I bet they'll stay together. Probably this is the time. Yeah. So David is thanking Donna. He's like, you know, you're my guardian, guardian angel. You've gotten me through all of this. And he wants to go with her to a Goo Goo Dolls concert that evening. Yeah. They talk a lot about the Goo Goo Dolls. We never see the Goo Goo Dolls. And I was looking up to yeah. see if there was like deleted scenes or something like that. But I don't think so. So I don't really understand. I wondered if they're in some of the next episodes because the next three episodes are not available on streaming. Oh, so I didn't know if that was why. Maybe. But maybe. he made it sound like it was that night. So uh, that's that the impression make I got sense, too. But, but okay, well, I guess we'll I see. Know. I guess we'll see then. Donna is supposed to have dinner with her parents that night. So she says, why don't you come with me to dinner and then we'll go to the concert after. Mm-hmm. And she asks if she can take a shower over at David's place. And he's he's like, yes, of Any course. Anytime. And, and they talk a little bit about Mark's surprise party. Donna is going to be helping Kelly throw this party, mm-hmm. get everything together. And then David just like must have eagle eye vision because he spots this four leaf clover on the ground mm-hmm. from so far away yeah. and gives it to Donna and says, you know. Good luck. She, she brings him luck, luck. and it's lucky and all the luck. On campus, Kelly is asking Mark what he wants to do for his birthday. Mm-hmm. And he tells her honestly, yeah. I don't want to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> he just wants to chill with her and have a, a chill evening. Yeah. Uh, which we know is not the plan. Brandon like walks through and kind of fills them in on like, yeah, the trial's happening and I got to go prepare for it. So Kelly like runs after him to ask, you know, are you coming to the party Mm -hmm. and, you know, trying to make sure he's on board for that. And then she gives him a kiss on the cheek. She does. So when she comes, when she comes back over to Mark, Mark is upset that Mm -hmm. she's kissed him on the cheek and she kind of makes up a excuse like, Oh, I was just wishing him good luck. No, no. With the trial. No, she says, she says, I was asking what his sister in England wanted for Christmas. And I was like, "Ooh, a Brenda oh, reference. Yes. We get a Brenda reference." <laughs> but it also kind of yes. drove it showed the wedge between Brandon and Steve too, because he was like, "Well, what about Steve? Is Steve coming?" Kelly's Kelly asking Brandon, and Brandon's like, "You're gonna have to ask him. He's not a part of it." Yeah. So I think Mark's reaction is pretty okay because that was it was a cheek kiss, but it was a romantic, lingering hand on face kind of cheek kiss. So with her very it's recent, act, I wouldn't want to so. see. Yeah, I wouldn't want to see my current yeah. uh, significant other kissing their ex yeah. at any point. Yeah. So weird that you call them your current significant other, but I, I understand. <laughs> uh, so Steve fills Claire in on the whole trial situation and what's going on. And while they're talking, he's opening this letter he got, and we learn that Randall is calling him as a witness for the prosecution. Yeah. 
So now he has to fight against Brandon, cool. kind of. Cool. And he starts this whole runner of like, I think I'm sick. Which, is he ever actually sick? It's uh, it's unclear. I think so, because he's like coughing in places where it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't resolve. So maybe, again, that's something in a future episode. I don't know. Maybe. At the Peach Pit After Dark, Nat and Val are going over the books, and it's, it's you know, it's still bleak mm-hmm. over at the Peach Pit After Easter Dark. Famine at the Peach and- Pit. <laughs> Nat is like, well, is David in? And I... This whole time I've thought David was in. I thought, like, he, I thought he gave her the I money he already. Too, yeah. yeah. But apparently not. They're still waiting on him to deliver on this promise mm-hmm. to invest. Valerie calls for David, but Donna answers because she was there taking a shower. Nothing sexy happened shower wise, by the way. I thought that was going to happen. Yeah. No, no sexy showers. I was fully expecting David to be like, hey, how about I join you? And her being like, David. Yeah. I'm a or for him ass. to come out like shirtless in a towel yeah. or something. None of that no, happened. No, we didn't get anything. Yeah. So Donna takes the message uh, for him to call Valerie and relay. She does relay the message to him, but she also says, "I just really don't think it's a good idea for you to invest mm-hmm. in the club." Mm-hmm. And David is handling these kinds of things better now than he did in previous. For sure. Yeah. Episodes where she butted in. Yeah. You know, he's like, you know, you've been this tremendous help to me, but now I kind of feel like you're interfering. And she kind of apologizes and backs off mm-hmm. a little bit. But no, no, he says no final decision has been made. Right. Back on the college campus, our favorite Blech. character is back. Blech. It's Tracy. Tracy meets up with Brandon because I guess they are going to do some stuff for the for CU TV, but. Brandon kind of talks her through like what's going to happen with the trial. And it seems like throughout this episode, they're trying to make a point like Brandon won't let anyone help him. Yeah. I feel like that doesn't really come to any. I mean, Steve eventually does help him, but I feel like, I don't know. He's just kind of shutting everyone out. He says, you know, he says to Kelly, I don't need any help. He he definitely won't let Steve help. He won't let Tracy help. So she says, if you, if you need anything, I'm here. Yeah. I don't really understand the handling of Brandon in this. Like, we'll get into it, but I don't understand how he behaves in the trial. Like, I thought he had some strategy. He clearly doesn't. This seems like Mm -hmm. it had the opportunity to be kind of a a Donna Martin graduates situation where you have, like, you know, Alex from the Student Senate. Like, all these people kind of coming out being like, hey, Brandon's a good guy. He wouldn't do this. And you get nothing. Like, nothing. Mm -mm. There's no payoff for any of that. So it's just, it's it's odd. I think it's a missed opportunity. I agree. Later on that night at the student union, Brandon is there like looking over law books because, you know, (laughs) for the trial, he's like boning up on his lawyer things. And they treat this little hearing like an episode of Perry Mason from the 1950s. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Randall is there and he's like, well, why are you bother studying? You're just going to be expelled. Yeah. He's just like not hiding it at no, all no, no, that no. he's coming from women. Like his posture is like, hey, I got you over a barrel, kid. Yeah. And he's like, I'm about to teach you a lesson. And Brandon once again brings up Lucinda and yeah. is like, I didn't sleep with your wife while you were together. And he's like, oh, thanks. Thanks for telling me that. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. <laughs> that changes my mind totally. Yeah. 
I kind of wonder if they toyed with the idea of having Lucinda have a part in this because she gets name dropped so much. And that character was such a like burst of energy and not just because everything yeah. she said was a double entendre for sex, but <laughs> it would have been kind of nice. I think to have like a little pin on the whole Lucinda thing. I agree. We go to dinner with David and Donna and Felice and John. Yeah. So apparently Dr. Barton knows Dr. Tate, who is, I guess, David's like permanent right. shrink right. at yeah. this point. Yeah. Candyman. And so they kind of like, they're bringing him up and talking about him and how he plays the saxophone, which <laughs> good information yeah. to know, I guess. And then Felice like takes another step and brings up, oh, has Dr. Tate met your mom? And it just, it's very awkward. It is. And so David steps away from the table for a moment. Yeah. And Donna has this argument with Felice, like, he's not just my friend. Like, what if we get back together? And Felice is not on board with that. Mm-hmm. So Donna is like, what do you think he's like damaged goods because he is, you know, going through all these things? And so she, uh, she leaves the dinner. She, she does. Off. She does. Felice says, Donna, I'm a doctor's wife. I think I know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, well, do you know? Because I think I that doesn't mean anything. I think I've picked up a few things yeah. over the years. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, to Felice, the point she's trying to make, she does mention David's mother, so you know, it's obviously in her mind. But she says, like, you guys have been so on again and off again. Like, I just don't think this is good for you. She's not at least overtly saying it's because of David's current struggles. True, and like, and and I mean. Them being on and off again is a fair point. It is. It's a very fair point. That's what I thought. I was kind of like, well, I hate to side with Felice, but this is a terrible idea. So, you know. <laughs> the trial begins. And guess who's pres- presiding over the trial? It's Chancellor Arnold. Yes. Who Which, does not get involved in disciplinary matters. Again, I don't understand because they spent so much time saying he wasn't involved. We brought back the dean who we hadn't seen in like years. And he's not even here. So, yeah, it's. And it's weird it's because, weird like, you would think Chancellor Arnold being in charge would be like, oh, well, Brandon doesn't need to worry about anything. Like, right. clearly, Chancellor right. Arnold is going to let him off. But. Yeah. The whole thing is kind of like Steve is Chancellor Arnold's daughter's girlfriend, and Brandon is Chancellor Arnold's, like, protege or was. It, there's a lot of, like, conflicts of interest here going on, but nobody seems bothered by it. So, no. But it's the only people in the room are Steve, Brandon, Professor Randall, and then the it's a three the person tribunal. panel. Yeah, tribunal. That's what they call yeah, it several right, times. Right, they call yeah. it the tribunal. Yeah, Brandon's got nothing. So Steve gets called. He's got nothing. He, <laughs> he really doesn't. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't have anything. He doesn't talk about his record. He doesn't talk about like the role he's played on campus. He doesn't talk about the fact that their roommates in the kitchen is in a common area, like the computers in a common area. Nothing. He doesn't say any of that stuff. He just has a chip on his shoulder and really whiffs it for having read some law books. His defense is just. I'm Brandon. Right. Yeah. And and that's that should be enough for you. Yeah. He's he's like, I Brandon Walsh. <laughs> say I didn't do this. My closing arguments are as follows. Nuh-uh. <laughs> so Professor Randall calls Steve to the stand, and Steve again tries to get out of it, says he's not feeling well, mm-hmm. but he has to go up there anyway. And Professor Randall asks about the how the paper was turned in. So if you remember. That episode, we thought that 
Yeah, that, the, that Brandon was going to get yeah tied to a chair, you know, by the, by the drifter. Yeah. yeah, and Muntz comes over to get the paper, but when he handed the paper to Muntz, it was in an in a it's sealed, sealed in envelope. Manila. Yeah, it was. So he never saw the paper, but it does not look good that he's the one who gave the paper to Muntz, who then turned in the paper. No, but again, why the step with Muntz? Like, shouldn't Muntz be a part right. of this? Like, if Muntz is actually the one yeah. who got the paper and turned it in. He should at the very least like be questioned or like part of the tribunal, but he's just not, you know, it's just like, well, Brandon gave it to months and months could have been like, yeah, in a sealed package. I never saw it. Brandon never saw it, but no, we don't even see months. Yeah. So Professor Randall also brings up like, you know, you guys have been best friends for eight years and you'd help him out of a jam. He helps you out of jams. Like, this isn't the first time that you guys have helped each other. But we don't really bring up the baseball situation. Mm-mm. There's lots of situations they could have brought yeah. up that they didn't bring up. Steve's argument is basically, Brandon won't even talk to me anymore. Like, I've lost my best friend yeah. over this. How much more proof do you need that he wasn't involved? Yep. We go to Dr. Martin's office where Donna has come to apologize for how she Leaving, acted at yes. the dinner. And she also just wants to have a little heart to heart with her dad about, you know, would it be a mistake so for me to get back together with David? First, he answers as a doctor. He says, you know, medically, I don't see it like yeah. people like you can obviously transfer these mental health issues, but you can also transfer like cancer. Right. and. High blood pressure, you know, it's about who are you in love with? That's the important part. The only question I have about Dr. Martin's advice is just when I remember that he is, in fact, a cardiologist, which doesn't have a whole lot to do with uh, the brain. But, you know, whatever. He went to medical school, right? Maybe he took an elective. Maybe. Like, would you ask a doctor of art history? You know what I mean? If this is dangerous, I just don't think so. But he says, you're old enough not to worry about your mom and to live your own life. <laughs> Donna, Donna seems empowered by this. Again, though, annoying to me that, like, we have to have scenes where people tell Donna, right. you know, you can, like, stick up for yourself. Yeah. It's it, like, do what you want to yeah. do. It's fine. Yeah. I just want her to have her own thing. The journey of Donna from like ditzy side friend, like this vacuous, like one line character to being this paragon of virtue, like into season seven has not been smooth, you know, because (laughs) I think in their attempts to make her seem like, oh, she's she's purely altruistic. You know, she's so kind and innocent and pure. They end up playing her as just sort of helpless and dumb a lot of the time, you know, and I don't think it's Tori Spelling's fault. I think it's right there in the writing, you know. Yeah, I agree. Val comes over to Mark and David's house to talk to David. Yeah, she's looking great. Oh, yeah. Looking great. She's got a good, her style, I feel like, has sort of bounced back from the Kenny era. And she's got the nice coiffed hair and she's looking cool again. Yeah. So she's, you know, she kind of eases into asking, like, well, we're still partners, aren't we? Are you letting Donna tell you what to do? Do you need Donna's permission to invest? And she basically is like, you know, I'm really happy for you. I'm glad you're getting healthy, but like, you need to let me know. Yeah. And I think that's fair. I mean, he did make this promise when he was in another state of mind, but it's not cool to just like leave them hanging. Of course. It's a lot of money. Well, and so, and it's also something that like David of any era would want to do. And he kind of says that, uh, you know, later to Donna, he's like, you know how much I've always loved this place. And that's true. So there's reasons why he should and would, you know? Yeah. 
We get this quick little scene where Kelly gives Mark a blank VHS tape because part of his whole thing was he wanted to watch a movie that was on TV that night. Yeah. And I forget what movie it was. I believe it's a martial arts movie of some kind. Okay. So she's like, here's a blank tape so you can Record tape it. the movie yeah. and then we can go out to dinner for your birthday and have fun and then come back and watch hmm. it. What if this is just the origin for the little girl from the ring? What if we're seeing that play out from the other Ooh. side? You know? Ooh, I like it. Okay. I like that. I mean, we had Candyman last episode, so why not? <laughs> Have you seen The Ring? No, I haven't seen The Ring. Are you nuts? I'm not going to watch The Ring. It's a good movie. Never. Never. I'm it's, not like you. It scared me, for sure. I'm not but... like you. Kendra spent the first, like, 20 years of her life being like, oops, I tripped and accidentally watched Friday the 13th. Well, I was at a slumber Crazy. party, and they were like, we're watching The Ring, so what was I supposed no. to do? Mm-mm. I gave into the peer pressure. Kendra. But luckily, the DVD or whatever we were watching it on, like, skipped at the part where she crawls out of the screen. Mm. So it was just like, she's in the screen, and then it skipped to she was out of the screen. I think that's so that's, creepy. like, the scariest that's part, and I missed it. Back at the trial, Randall calls Brandon to the stand. Brandon has the option to not go to the stand, but he's like, no, let's do this. Yeah. I'm ready for mm-hmm, a fight. Mm-hmm. But is he? Is he? That's my question. Because Brandon, again, has nothing. He does have a lot of quippy comebacks, I'll say, in yeah. this. Randall says, this isn't the first time you and Steve have cheated. And he and he says, oh, I'm sorry. And when did you, what does he say? When did you start cheating on your wife? We know, like, wait. Is that what he says? Yeah, something about beating your wife. And uh, I th- is that what he says? Yes. And I couldn't. I wrote down beating your wife, but I didn't know if that's what he actually said. That is what he says. But he's trying to do that thing where he like logically traps him in a yes or no question. Because Corey poses like this isn't the first time you've cheated where Brandon either has to say yes, it is. You know, yes, it is admitting they've cheated or no, it isn't admitting that they have cheated in the past. So Brandon's trying to prove the right point there. But it's just clumsy. Uh, not unlike when Tracy mm-hmm. earlier says, denial's not just a river in Egypt. It doesn't work. It's clunky. It's it's a shocking thing to say, though. But then it goes nowhere. Like, to just... Doesn't like, go anywhere. Yeah, that's true. So. The next thing, Randall says, you took my psych class, right? And Brandon says, nothing wrong with that, except it was boring. Yeah. <laughs> and that made me laugh. It's at this point where I was like, so is Brandon trying to get, like, a you-can't-handle-the-truth moment out of Corey? Like, is he trying to rattle him it so much? It seems like it. That he's like, I'm glad you didn't cheat so like I could it. make you cheat because I hate you. But no, I don't think that's what we're going for. I, I just feel like Brandon's thrown in the towel. I really don't know. Well, what ends up happening is Randall has a log of all of the... They used to take these quizzes mm-hmm. every Friday in his class. Yeah. He has the grades from what, a year ago, two years ago, when... Brandon and Steve took these quizzes and he says before Brandon joined the class, Steve failed every single quiz. But after Brandon joined the class, their their grades started to match right. and Steve started to pass Which the class. Pretty damning and evidence. He, pretty damning evidence. Very. And so he, you know, shows the numbers to Brandon and Steve, shows it to the Chancellor. And Brandon, I mean, he's just like fully in contempt of court, mm-hmm. I guess. He's just like, you know, this is crazy. I didn't do it. And like, you know, getting in Randall's yeah. face. And he tells Chancellor Arnold, justice is supposed to be blind, not deaf and dumb. Ooh. We go to Mark's house where the party is being set up. 
Valerie arrives and is greeted by Tracy. So we have a little like great Val Tracy moment. Yeah. So good. Donna and David are there discussing Brandon and, you know, wondering how it went at the trial. Donna asks David how his talk with Valerie went. And David says it went really well. She was very understanding. Leaving Donna to think, oh, he like let her down. He's not going to invest in the club. Yeah. Kelly and Mark arrive home, and I think Mark thinks he's about to get lucky. He does. Uh, finally. Yeah. <laughs> um, because he's like, let's get you out of that dress. But then they turn the lights on and yell surprise. surprise. And he just like, he does not play it off at all. Mm. He just looks like, great. Cool, bunch I'm of so glad there's here. so many people in my house. Wow. Yeah. Kendra, it needs to be mentioned that you pulled off a pretty extensive surprise party in collusion with my yes. wife, uh, our, our good friend Sally and Sarah, your husband, Kyle, I want to say several people uh, very successfully pulled off a surprise for my 40th birthday. And I was happy about it. Unlike what's yeah. here. I was happy about it. Yeah. And uh, I cannot believe that we managed. You did. To I don't even know. Like, my wife was like a secret agent. The, the amount of lies and deception that it took to do this yeah. is both impressive. I was like, I kept being like, he's going to see her phone. He's oh. going to like for something. And she's, she like went so far as to like pretend to mail our Christmas presents oh, I to know. us. Like she drove to the post office, pretended to mail them. It was excellent. Wow. I think the key for a surprise party for me is I just, I need to have n zero idea okay. that it's coming. Yeah. Because if I catch wind of it at all, I will like stress about it or like dig into it more okay. and ruin the whole thing. All right. So it just has to well, be. You're far away from a milestone birthday. So we've got time. We've got time to figure it out. That's true. Yeah. At the Peach Pit, Brandon is filling Nat in on what happened at the trial. And Nat's like basically echoing what Jim Walsh said to Brandon when Brandon called him. You know, keep fighting the good fight and don't yeah. feel sorry for yourself until you have to. Yeah, maybe and... start fighting the good fight. You know, that would be my advice. Do yeah, anything. maybe fight it all. Do anything. So Nat convinces Brandon to go to the party. Yes. He's like, stop wallowing here. Go to the party. Have some fun. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to go to your ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend's party? <laughs> that should take his mind right off it. So back at the party, Kelly thanks Donna for all her help getting everything set up while she and Mark were out. And they are like, oh, what are we going to do with Steve and Brandon? Kelly suggests maybe locking them in a closet. And Donna says, I'd like to lock Valerie in a closet, actually. <laughs> Kelly's like, hey, that's the kind of thing I say. Because <laughs> <laughs> Valerie and David are like off talking yeah. together, yeah. hanging out. So she goes over to join them. And as she's walking up, Valerie's like, oh, here comes the fun police. <laughs> <laughs> so when Donna comes uh... over, she goes to get them drinks, but David declines. And Donna's like, I thought you said you weren't doing this with Valerie. And he said, no, I said I haven't decided yet. Right. She was understanding that I haven't decided mm -hmm. yet. <laughs> Kelly wants Mark to open presents. He does not want to, but she insists that he open presents in front of everyone. But before he does, Brandon arrives and Kelly wants to go talk to him about the trial. So Mark's like, yeah, fine. Go talk to him. Great. So Brandon comes and tells the whole group, you know, the whole story and basically how Steve screwed him. Yeah. Like 
I'm I'm in big trouble. Mm-hmm. Steve has been cheating off me for years, and I didn't know. And now, mm-hmm. like, my life is down the tubes. And while he's telling this whole story and like bad mouthing Steve, Steve and Claire arrive and hear this. So Steve decides he's really not feeling well, and he is going to go home. But Claire decides that she's going to stay. Mm-hmm. Kelly goes and finds Mark in his room watching the martial arts movie Whatever that he it was. recorded. Yeah. Surf ninjas, maybe? We don't know. Yeah. And he's upset. He says, you know, they don't need me out there. They have Brandon. He <laughs> says, I hate surprise parties. Mm-hmm. I especially hate this one. <laughs> I I don't know. Like, I get it. If someone completely goes against what you want. Right. I, I understand being upset, but... So, I don't know. She put a lot of effort into yeah, surprising him. So I feel like the thought was there for mm-hmm. sure. But basically what he ends up saying is, I'm starting to think that the reason you and I haven't made love is because of Brandon. Yeah. She doesn't do so great denying that fact, if that's what she's trying to do. You know, she's like, like I'm trying to get over it. And I'm like, get over what? I know. I feel like that's admitting there's something to get out there. Yeah, yeah that she's know. still hooked on Brandon. Seems like what she was saying to me. He also tells this story about like he doesn't like birthdays because his parents always made like a bigger and bigger deal out of his birthdays, which I was kind of like, boo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You had parents give you giant birthday parties right. every year. Yeah, like, that's not, yeah. But Kelly is like, Sorry for not listening to you. Happy birthday and leaves the room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Brandon is getting ready to leave and Claire stops him. She says, you know, I think that you need to talk to Steve because this is silly. And Brandon says, actually, no, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Steve and I are done. Yeah. So he leaves with Tracy and Claire asks Donna, like, what? What was that about? And Donna says, turns out Steve's been cheating off. Brandon for years mm. which years it was one class right. if he was cheating right so <laughs> not years but whatever so Claire goes back to the Walsh house to see Steve and he's like under the blanket just like he's funny sick. sick Steve is always funny yeah and she says you lied to me like again you've been cheating off Brandon this whole time Randall says he has proof of you doing these Friday quizzes and cheating and Steve says actually I failed every single one of those quizzes and mm-hmm. I can prove it. Mm-hmm. So maybe he'll get some proof. Big swing for Corey. Yep. At the park. So Brandon and Tracy are now like walking through the park and talking and Great. he tells her about Lucinda. Yeah. You know why Randall is so upset with him uh, to try and cheer him up. Tracy wants to make a list of famous people who were expelled. Mm-hmm. And I think the first example Brandon gives is. Hitler? Is Hitler the first example he gives? <laughs> not a good example, but okay. No, it's not a good example. And he asks her, will you still like me after I'm disgraced? And she says yes. And they, oh, they do some kissing. Great. Great. I love it. Back at Kelly Donna Claire's, Felice comes over to apologize to Donna for the way that she acted at dinner. She says, you know, I just worry about you. I just worry too much. And But she also doubles down on, like, maybe David is just another wounded bird. Yeah. And you're trying to fix him. Mm -hmm. I think she brings up a deer. Like, maybe he's like that deer that you (laughs) saved. Which, again, she did not save. But No, no. I mean, she sat with it. Yeah. But whatever. It's true. 
Donna says, did it ever occur to you? I might like make a decision based on my own feelings. <laughs> and Felicia says, you need to think about a real relationship with the future. And Donna says, that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. All right. Day two of this trial. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Brandon is giving his closing arguments, which are basically... He doesn't think Randall has proven anything, yeah. even though he has these grades. Right. And he says, you know, why don't you, Randall, explain to the court why you're trying to smear me, mm-hmm. which Randall doesn't. And he's like, oh, that's what I thought. Yeah. He does bring up the relationship. He doesn't say it outright, but he was like, he said something about the relationship I had with your ex-wife or something like that. So it's yeah. kind of out there. But like, Brandon is just not doing a good showing at all. Even of playing like the victim, even of just being like, look, this is like a, there's no way for me to prove I didn't do something. You know what I mean? Like, he's not even going that route. He's just being like, I didn't. And you're all jerks. And if you think I did it, you're a stupid jerk. I rest my case. Yeah. He says, you want my defense? Here it is. I didn't do it. (laughs) Excellent defense. Mm -hmm. So Randall waves his closing arguments. He thinks he's got this in the bag. But right before... They make their decision. Steve and Claire arrive. And at first, Chancellor Arnold is like, Claire, like, you really cannot be here. Steve, you already gave your testimony. But Claire is like, actually, he can revise his testimony. And turns out Steve kept every single one of his quizzes from Randall's class. And he shows them to the tribunal. It's like 17, 12, 25. It's like... He definitely failed them all. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I guess there's like a, at the keg house, they keep all the old tests and exams, his like studies and stuff like that. So you can go and be like, oh, here's the test for that. So it kind of proves a bigger cheating ring, but whatever. It's fine. It does. It does. It's smart though. I mean, I kept a lot of my stuff from college. I still have binders that I should probably like throw away. You probably should. You are a hoarder at this point. Yeah. But it, it is a little crazy of Randall to... I guess he just really thought, like, Steve didn't keep these quizzes. There's no way he can prove it. Yeah. So Chancellor Arnold is appalled that Professor Randall would do this. He says, Brandon is free and clear, and Randall is going to have his own trial. Yep. It really doesn't make any sense, because he would have to go and, like, change Steve's official transcript, even. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. because that would, if he went from failing all the classes, as he originally did, to, like, getting Brandon's grades and all of the quizzes. I mean, that would bump him up multiple letter grades. Like, yeah, it's a really big swing and really stupid when like, there's no question that Steve took Brandon's paper. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess he was just very confident. His hubris, would you say? Yeah, Kendra, I would. Yes. At the peach pit, Steve and Claire are regaling the the group with how they spent the whole night searching for those tests. And they finally found them. Mm-hmm. Brandon thanks everyone for their support. And mm-hmm. he apologizes to Mark for not saying happy birthday. Yeah, well, and for kind um, of like stealing the spotlight at the party. Yeah. And he also, Brandon and Steve apologize to each other. And guess yeah. what? Donna even says it. it. She says, all is forgiven. She says it. She said our catchphrase. Now it's official. I was delighted by that. I was also delighted. Yeah. David is missing during all of this. So Donna goes to look for him and he's over at the peach pit after dark. And he's kind of just, you know, wistfully looking around. And 
she comes over and they talk about, you know, he could do all these things if he was a part, if he owned part of it, he could like, you know, get back into the music business. He could produce, he could do all these things he likes to do. But David's wondering, you know, if the cost is too high. And he says, let's talk about what's really bothering you. It's not that I want to invest in this club. And Donna's like, right, it's it's Valerie. Valerie's the issue. It's yeah. not investing in the club. I just, you know, you and Valerie were together and then you now you'd be partners. And, yeah, it's messy. But David says, yeah, but David says, you're the one that I care about and you're the one that I love. And then they do some kissing. Great. And it is romantic kissing. No question. For sure this no time. Question. I wasn't sure in the Thanksgiving episode. 100%. Yeah. 100%. How's Willie's house coming along, by the way? Oh, I'm sure the walls are done? up by now. Surely. Okay. That's the episode. Okay. A lot of weird pivots, you know, from Chancellor Arnold mm-hmm. being like, I have nothing to do with it, to being the decider in all areas. He adjourns the hearing. He decides the punishments. He he does everything. I think that's weird. I think it, the, the whole trial thing just didn't work. Like, it was such a good opportunity. It didn't work. So, like, that kind of hurts my verdict. I am going to kind of lean towards this was not a good episode because of that, primarily. Yeah, it's it's tough. I I think that I while I was watching it, I did enjoy the repartee between Brandon and Randall and Randall was just so good at being this like smarmy villain that I enjoyed watching all of that talking through it. Now I'm kind of like, yeah, a lot of opportunities were missed here and some silly things went on. I think it's mostly just Brandon. Like I think if Brandon's response would have been better then it really would have been interesting, but instead it was just kind of like, you need this Hail Mary ending because Brandon completely failed. Yeah. And if we were going to address that, that would be one thing. Same with Brandon Steve. Like, I could have used a riff between those two for half a season. You know what I mean? Yeah. And kind of see them come back together. But to have it just be business as usual at the end of this is kind of weak to me. So I don't don't know. Yeah. I like Donna David. I'm going to go with it for now. We'll see. See, at at the end of season six, I was right there with you. I was kind of like, yeah, let's do Donna David again. But then, I don't know. I just... I just haven't been feeling it. And I, the tease with him and Valerie, I was like, that could be interesting now that we're in a different place. So I'm not too thrilled about the Donna David Redux, but whatever. We'll see. And it was kind of nice to see a little bit of friction between Kelly and Mark, because it has just been sunshine and roses with those yeah, two. And I've been true. waiting for some friction. Yeah. 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 And I, I think they came out of it, or hopefully they'll come out of it in a, yeah. you know, knowing more about each other. Well, I guess you're, we'll see. Do you have a 90210 snap? Hmm, I think I'll give it to the scene where Randall shows everyone the fake test scores. Okay. I'm going to give it to Chancellor Arnold being like, how dare you, sir? That was... Uh, that yeah, was that was good. Me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Kendra, next time we're here, we're going to be diving into Season 7, Episode 13, Gift Wrapped, a nice Christmas episode, which is, in fact, not streaming. So best of luck. Uh, You can come to the library with me and we'll watch it together. Yes. So we're going to be doing that. Uh, Every other week, you can catch me on This Endorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. We just recorded our first episode on Star Wars droids, Kendra, and I'm here for an official invitation for you to come on our next droids episode to talk about it with us. All right. I'll do it. You accept? You accept? Okay. I accept. What about you? What are you up to? I am Miss Musebox91 on Twitter, and I'm also the co-host of the podcast, 90s music got me like 
where we talk 90s music. And our next episode, which will come out uh, not this week, but next week, is Everybody Dance Now by CNC Music Factory. Uh, Over at the library where I work, we have a show called But Have You Tried? And I just read Jane Austen. And I made a, a passing reference to the romantic intrigue in Pride and Prejudice, comparing it to romantic intrigue from 90210. And uh, while I think the point was a good one, my wife wasn't pleased. So if uh, <laughs> you can listen to that as well. <laughs> oh, boy. Some of the things you two talk about on that podcast, I just like scream. You can't t- really? To like it. what? Kendra, what are you screaming about? Oh, your Guardians of the Galaxy conversation. I was just like, you're wrong. Because oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not super yeah. into the first ones. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I got also, there. you didn't finish the Gwyneth Paltrow Emma, which is an excellent movie if oh, you would get more than so 20 minutes boring. into it. Oh my gosh, the start of that movie You're is wrong. catastrophically boring. I implore you, Kendra, to watch it again because those first 20 minutes are some of the worst made for TV stuff I've seen in my life. All right, I'll watch it again and I maybe I'll eat my words. But I, I remember I was, loving that movie. My so. wife is in the same boat and we started and she was like, oh my gosh, this is rough. So I believe that it comes around, but it's not a great start. All right. We'll see. All right. All right. We will see. All right, Kendra, I hope you feel better. Thanks. I hope that you get some clean air. Yeah, me too. All right. 9021. Here we go.